Hello, this is Dale Tippett, and welcome to the Chaplain's Message Podcast, an ongoing discussion of applied Christianity, making it relevant, and meeting you where you are. You know, Billy Graham was quoted as saying that we must never minimize the suffering of another. Scripture's mandate to us is weep with them that weep. And that can be found in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Now, we know that life is complicated. There are any number of reasons why situations develop in life that are painful. Issues need to be unpacked in order to deal with them. So speaking of situations, I read a post from a friend of mine on Instagram about a week ago. And uh, it said here, never forget three types of people in your life. Three types of people in your life. Those who helped you in difficult times. Those who left you in difficult times. And those who put you in difficult times. Can you relate to that? So something to think about, right? But compassion, compassion. The origin, uh, according to Mr. Google, is uh, the root is in Latin that says to suffer with. To suffer with, to have compassion. So a life of compassion. So what is it? A definition. That's why I thought I enjoyed that last song that you did, the last hymn, uh, because so many of the words were synonymous with compassion. Uh, you were, you were, I, I thought I heard mercy in there. I thought I heard kindness in there. Uh, but sympathy, empathy, consideration. All those things that actually put us in a frame of, of uh, a mindset to be or to have a sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Compassion. It's very, very important. Psalm 145 reads, uh, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, You are good to all, and Your compassion is over all Your works. Psalm 145. So it points to and declares God's compassion. God is compassionate. So if we take a moment to reflect on God's compassion, number one, Uh, In love, He gave His most precious one. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. But let's not forget the following verse. John 3.17 For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. In love, He gave His most precious One, Lord Jesus. He shows compassion. God shows compassion. He is kind. If we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. And you know what? He did something about it. He shows His compassion. He showed His compassion then and He shows it now. 
He did something about it. He lives the Christian ethic. The Christian to-do list, if you will. It can be found in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21 is a good place to look at that. I'll briefly. Chapter, uh, chapter 12 of Romans, verse, beginning in verse 9. Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in, aff in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for His wrath. For it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, so for in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. The Christian ethic. He sacrificed. He sacrificed himself and experienced torture and death by crucifixion. But through it all, through it all, he kept his dignity. They attempted to humil humiliate him, but it didn't work. You can see that in Mark's Gospel, chapter 15. So reflecting on God's compassion. Now what is our own testimony? We know that God's great because He's perfect. He's God. But what is our own testimony? In Matthew's uh, Gospel, uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 36, it reads, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, about, um, it's been a year plus now. It was last summer, I guess it was. My wife and I, we went to... Uh, spend a Saturday morning, I think it was in, I can't remember, Schaumburg or whatever it was, where feed our starving children as their plant where they package foodstuffs for shipment to various places in the, on the globe to help those who don't have enough to eat. It happened to be, uh, I think what we were working on something that was going to one of the Central American countries. However, uh, there in the foyer, they have somewhat of a gift shop there. And I picked up this beautiful mug. Nice, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these before. It's a very, very nice mug. What this is, this happens to come from Haiti. And what this is made out of, this is made out of a clay 
that because there is so little food in Haiti and the, 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 the government, the situation is so dire that uh, I'll just read what it says here. Transforming clay from a desperate source of food to a sustainable source of income. Extremely poor families in Haiti mix clay dirt with water, oil, and salt to create a clay cookie to fill the stomachs of their desperately hungry children. By transforming the same clay into mugs sold in the FMSC marketplace, Haitians are able to sculpt their way out of poverty and support their families. And what the, the kids over there are doing is eating this dirt, eating this clay so they could go to sleep. That's so the people who were over there ministering to them said, let's try to do this another way because you can't digest that stuff. This stuff will kill you. So this is what the poor people in Haiti were eating. I think that's a testimony to compassion. The compassion of, of, of course, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but through us, the church, to go and reach out to these people to help these people. This is living, real, applied Christianity where we go ahead and we help people uh, get through their hardships. I'm sure we all have stories. I mean, we, uh, you know, six, uh, life is not a straight line. We have ups and downs. We all have personal challenges that we've gone through, and and God's worked in 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 so many different ways uh, that I'm sure that we could be here for many many hours talking about that. But you know, what's important is God's message to us when He talks to us and says, as he said in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. We're supposed to go ahead and, and, and help people out, show compassion, and thank goodness we do. So what, in love he gave his most precious. He shows compassion. He sacrificed and he's kept his digni dignity. But that wasn't just for, for show. He set an example for us to follow. Even though it's impossible for us to follow everything, that's okay. We can fall forward, as they say, and do the best we can. But Jesus did it all for us. And you know, be because he is holy, and took of himself to stand in our place to receive the punishment that we deserve to make us right, our God shows his compassion by a, a couple of instances I'm going to review right now. Luke chapter 22, uh, verses 39 to 44. He then left to make his way as usual to the Mount of Olives with the disciples following. When they reached the place, he said to them, Pray not to be put to the test. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed. Father, he said, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done, not mine. Then an angel appeared to him coming from heaven to give him strength. 
In his anguish, he prayed even more earnestly, and his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Mark chapter 15, verses 6 to 11. Pilate tried to let him go. At festival time, Pilate used to release a prisoner for them, anyone they asked for. Now a man called Barabbas was then in prison with the rioters who had committed murder during the uprising. When the crowd went up and began to ask Pilate the customary favor, Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over. The chief priests, however, had incited the crowd to demand that he should release Barabbas for them instead. Then Pilate spoke again. But in that case, he said to them, What am I to do with the man you call king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why, Pilate asked them, what harm has he done? But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. So Pilate, anxious to placate the crowd, released Barabbas for them. That's Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verses 16 to 20. They wanted to humiliate him. The soldiers led him away to the inner part of the palace, that is the praetorium, and called the whole cohort together. They dressed him up in purple, twisted some thorns into a crown, and put it on him. And they began saluting him. Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with a reed and spat on him, and they went down on their knees to do him homage. And when they had finished making fun of him, they took off the purple and dressed him in his own clothes. They wanted to humiliate him, but it didn't work. Luke chapter 23, verse, beginning at verse 26. As they were leading him away, they seized on a man, Simon from Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and made him shoulder the cross and carry it behind Jesus. Large numbers of people followed him, and of women too, who mourned and lamented for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep rather for yourselves and for your children. For the days will surely come when people will say, Happy are those who are barren, the wombs that have never borne, the breasts that have never suckled. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, to the hills, cover us. For if men use the green wood like this, what will happen when it is dry? Now with him, they were also leading out two other criminals to be executed. He kept his dignity. One of the criminals hanging there, this is on Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 46. One of the criminals hanging there abused him. Are you not the Christ, he said? Save yourself and us as well. But the other spoke up and rebuked him. Have you no fear of God at all, he said? You got the same sentence as he did, but in our case, we deserved it. We are paying for what we did, but this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Indeed, I promise you, he replied, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and with the sun eclipsed, the darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The veil of the temple was torn right down the middle. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With these words, he breathed his last. I want to just close with uh, 
something that I, I found. It was actually given to me from uh, one of the folks that comes to uh, the Bible study and prayer group and church uh, over at Norwood Crossing where I minister. And she gave this to me. It's by author unknown. You might, you might have heard it uh, before, but this was my first experience. But I just want to read this and... Um, I, I, I hope you like it. It's author unknown. They don't know where this came from. It's called Three Trees. Once there were three trees on a hill in the woods. They were discussing their hopes and dreams. When the first tree said, Someday I hope to be a treasure chest. I could be filled with gold, silver, and precious gems. I could be decorated with intricate carving, and everyone would see the beauty. Then the second tree said, Someday I will be a mighty ship. I will take kings and queens across the waters and sail to the corners of the world. Everyone will feel safe in me because of the strength of my hull. Finally, the third tree said, I want to grow to be the tallest and straightest tree in the forest. People will see me on top of the hill and look up to my branches and Think of the heavens and God and how close to them I am reaching. I will be the greatest tree of all time and people will always remember me. After a few years of praying that their dreams would come true, a group of woodsmen came upon the trees. When one came to the first tree, he said, this looks like a strong tree. I think I should be able to sell the wood to a carpenter. And he began cutting it down. The tree was happy because he knew that the carpenter would make him into a treasure chest. At the second tree, another woodsman said, This looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell it to the shipyard. The second tree was happy because he knew he was on his way to becoming a mighty ship. When the third woodsman came upon the third tree, the tree was frightened because he knew that if they cut him down, his dreams would not come true. The third woodsman said, I don't need anything special from my tree. I'll take this one. And he cut it down. When the first tree arrived at the carpenters, he was made into a feed box for animals. He was then placed in a barn and filled with hay. This was not at all what he had prayed for. The second tree was cut and made into a small fishing boat. His dreams of being a mighty ship and carrying kings had come to an end. The third tree was cut into large pieces and left alone in the dark. The years went by and the trees forgot about their dreams. Then one day a man and a woman came to the barn. The woman gave birth and they placed the baby in the hay in the feed box that was made from the first tree. This man wished that he could have made a crib for the baby, but this manger would have to do. The tree could feel the importance of this event and knew that it had held the greatest treasure of all times. Years later, a group of men got in the fishing boat made from the second tree. One of them was tired and went to sleep. While they were out on the water, a great storm arose, and the tree didn't think it was strong enough to keep the men safe. The men woke the sleeping man, and he stood and said, Peace! And the storm stopped. At this time, the tree knew that it had carried the king of kings in its boat. Finally, 
Someone came and got the third tree. It was carried through the streets as the people mocked the man who was carrying it. When they came to a stop, the man was nailed to the tree and raised in the air to die at the top of a hill. When Sunday came, the tree came to realize that it was strong enough to stand at the top of the hill and be as close to God as was possible because Jesus had been crucified on it. The moral of this story is that when things don't seem to be going your way, always know that God has a plan for you. If you place your trust in Him, He will give you great gifts. Each of the trees got what they wanted, just not in the way they had imagined. We don't always know what God's plans are for us. We just know that His ways may not be our ways, but His ways are always the best. Have a beautiful weekend and treasure each day as it is a gift from God. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hope you found it meaningful. If you'd like to have me speak at your event, you can find me at daletippett.com. The link is in the show notes. 